Hello everyone, welcome to Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet, Patch Hat Edition. I'm Violet. And I'm Beth. Uh, we're bringing you more viewer comments mm -hmm. uh, this week. Uh, so Patrick had some uh, more comments that he found very interesting, so we're going to talk about them again today. Yeah, so what okay. do you have for me? What, what, uh... Let's go with comments, a few comments on, uh, on our 10 Keto Myths uh, video that we made a few weeks ago. So the first one from... Uh, an angel magnet. Love the discussion. Learn so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, one question about the keto flu. I, I thought the electrolyte imbalance was the issue. In fact, never thought, never even thought that about being carb withdrawal. Uh, thanks for that. By the way, yeah, it was pretty yucky at the beginning of keto and, and one meal a day. Oh yes, I'm a wellness warrior. So so yeah, maybe like just like keto flu. Um, okay, so we'll comment about that and. How long does it last? Is it like the end of the world? So it seems like most people have a keto flu for approximately two days. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing, two to three days. So the electrolyte imbalance is part of it. And I, again, you, as you go through and you learn more and more things, so apparently the electrolyte imbalance causes part of it. However, the part that gets ignored is all the nausea, all mm -hmm. the, the, the heating up and like that feeling of like, the flu and yeah. all, th those are withdrawal symptoms. Mm -hmm. Like anybody who, well, and, and and you know what? I'm certain that most people doing ketogenic lifestyle have no idea what we're talking about because sugar is the only thing you've ever been addicted to. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't know this, but like when you look up the symptoms for withdrawal from cocaine, withdrawal from mar well, marijuana less, but the withdrawal from alcohol, um, you see these symptoms. The, symptoms. the symptoms are the same. So you are going through withdrawal. However, the thing that I find interesting is that there's certain elements, like the headachey part, the electrolytes really does seem mm -hmm. to help with that. So there are some parts of it that seems to be that electrolyte imbalance that happens while you're transitioning, but we can't get away from the fact that you're in engaging a withdrawal yeah. situation. Is there now, a way to ease to ease your way into the keto food, actually? What do, what do you so recommend it, to ease? What I find interesting is that some people actually seem to have very little symptoms. Mm -hmm. But I, when you talk to those people, what I do find interesting, because I've had a few different clients who told me they didn't really seem to have that big, but they were people who already didn't really eat much, like junk food. <laughs> so although they did eat a lot of, like, they would eat rice, pasta, like they did eat those things, but the junk food, so I'm wondering now. Like, is there something specific about refined carbohydrates mm -hmm. and that withdrawal that you end up living? But I'm not 100% sure. All I do know is some people, yeah. they seem to go do really well. There's a lot of people also that have a lot of success with, like, slowly tapering down. Mm -hmm. The thing about that, though, you need to know your personality. To do that, you really need to be one of those people that could withstand constant cravings over long periods of time because when you eat slow down so when you kind of ease into keto what happens is that you end up instead of getting through all your cravings in like well the bulk i'll say the bulk of your cravings within the first five days and then by two weeks being completely craving free you can end up being in that situation for months where you kind of want to eat it kind of want to eat it like you kind of you know like for months because you're slowly slowly taking one food out taking another food out taking right but I mean, if your personality allows for that, because some people, they do, like some people can really, they can manage that idea because they're also feeling better. Mm -hmm. So if you if you have one of those personalities, I say go for it. 
do it in the way that's going to be easiest for you. Yeah. Um, okay, Cindy Sue. Uh, hi, Dr. Valiet. Uh, Dr. Darren Smith. Dr. Darren Schmidt also says that high protein won't kick you out of ketosis. He is on keto carnivore. Very interesting theory he has. So I, I did find that comment interesting because we know if we overeat protein, there's that uh, gluconeogenesis can happen. That can happen. So 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 yeah. Is, does that mean that a carnivore, like a diet dieter, a carnivore eater, is not in ketosis? No, that doesn't mean that. So. The thing that we need to be careful about is exactly the definition. If I overeat anything, hmm. I'm going to be in trouble. So, of course, if you overeat protein, yes, you're going to get kicked out of ketosis. That's, that's just normal if I overeat it. The thing is, if I eat a normal amount of protein for me, I will not be kicked out of ketosis. My body will use it for what it's meant to be used mm -hmm. for. Your body does not use protein for energy if it, if it doesn't have to. Like... Protein, like the conversion from protein to energy is not an efficient way of fueling the body, right? And I, I like to, I like to like compare it to, you really wouldn't go and like buy wood for your fireplace and then when it's time to actually heat your house, burn the kitchen table, right? Like it, it wouldn't make sense. That's wasting a kitchen table, right? And buying back the kitchen table much more expensive than buying back some wood, right? So it's the same kind of idea. When you eat protein, those are building blocks to build your body to, to, to replace things that need to be replaced. And your body isn't looking to use those for energy. Mm. So it, but it will convert protein to energy if it needed to. So for example, if you're doing a carnivore lifestyle, so therefore you're not eating any carbs, whenever you do need some carbs your body is going to go in and take what mm -hmm. it needs and so therefore mm -hmm. it's going to of course sometimes protein is going to be grabbed for that process so it's basically normal. if you have a diet of 2000 calories per day and you need your 2000 calories out of meat mostly you're going to be fine if you eat 3000 calories of meat then I guess you you're using the number just to show a number, but yeah, yeah, yeah if you, if you yeah, eat yeah. an excess amount of energy, yes, your body right. will convert it. But you know what the other thing store. is to keep in mind? And actually, just, just you saying that just made mm -hmm. me think about something else. So don't forget that even me, I eat, I eat carbs, right? I, I do keto. My body will still do some level of gluconeogenesis, mm -hmm. right? Because there are times when I'm not eating. Like, I do one meal a day. Mm -hmm. So there are times when I'm not eating, and, my, and let's say I worked out this morning, so my one meal a day is usually at around 8 o'clock and I worked out this morning well my glycogen stores are going to be lower so mm -hmm. what's going to happen my body's going to replace that mm -hmm. right so it, there there are times when your body just naturally does it as well so yeah. I I think that sometimes we get concerned about ideas that we hear when we don't really understand that these are processes that our body does naturally, normally, but your body is not going to do them unnecessarily. If I've got enough carbs in my body to fuel me, you, you know the scary thing? <laughs> if I have enough carbs in my body to fuel me and I overeat, my protein is probably going to get stored as fat before <laughs> before it's going to get, like, you know what I mean? Like, your body's going to put it away because mm. you didn't need it. Yeah. So, eh, you know, but it's an interesting mm. question. Yeah. I, it, Jay Schister, Schister, I've stopped draining the fat off when I cook hamburgers and wow, it tasted good. <laughs> and yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's how you get more fat in your diet. Basically, yeah. you, 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 you prefer 
the fatty part of uh, of the meats. I remember when I used to grill burgers and I used to like squeeze on them to make sure. <laughs> to make sure that <laughs> Don't do that yeah, anymore yeah. either. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, Obviously, it's, the the animal fats are going to be healthier for you. So we're taking the assumption that you're buying the best quality meat that you can mm-hmm. afford. So those animal fats is good for you to eat. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool. you know what? It's already there. It's easy, yeah, right? Yeah. Than having to add extra fat. Yeah. So the, the choices are easy. Like even when you're at the grocery store, like you pick up the 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 like if you eat beef, like the one that has more like white lines in, and they're they're usually much 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 better than the lean the lean parts, definitely. Okay. Uh, comments on our video about the keto starter kit. Okay. So all the accessories and stuff like what your 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 uh, essentials for going keto uh, that was a, a an interesting video uh, I was very uh, oh, from uh, from Cindy Sue uh, again thanks Cindy uh, I was very tempted to buy a ketone measuring tool I felt I will be uh, okay if I did if I did I felt I'll be obsessed with the number so I didn't purchase one uh, yeah do do we need like the ketone measuring tools actually we even in Canada us I don't I don't know if they're they've like there's they are allowed I didn't find one in any pharmacy or online so uh, probably the, like Health Canada didn't approve them but the yet. thing about keto measuring tools and you can there's um the breath one that you can blow mm-hmm. into there's this the, the sticks that you pee onto and then there's the blood the blood yeah so the, the thing that I find unfortunate is that it seems to be a way to get money out of us. Yeah. Because, well, first of all, the ones that you pee on, what, and the one that you blow into. So both of those, you're, you're measuring the excess. So when my body first starts using ketones for fuel, it's not efficient. So there's excess. And of course, you pee them out, you breathe them out, right? It's a normal process. Mm-hmm. So when we, we can actually see them in our urine. But here's the thing. Um, after a few months of doing keto, you stop having excess. Your body becomes efficient at using them. So then I see people that they're like, why isn't it turning mm. the color? And like, they're getting all obsessed with that. And it's like, it's not turning the color because it doesn't need to. Your body mm-hmm. is efficient. So, you know, it's like when you first learn to cook, you turn on the stove and you usually have it on too high. Mm-hmm. And what happens, right? You have to move around and like, you're taking the stove, the, the, the pan off the stove, on the stove, right? You're trying, right? Like you're wasting heat. Until eventually you learn to turn the stove down, yeah. right? And then you're not wasting heat, right? You cook more efficiently mm-hmm. and there's less waste. And it's the same kind of thing here. It's like you need to understand that. Now, the one that works consistently is the blood measuring. Mm-hmm. And But the thing is, for me, even with that, like, at, unless you're specifically trying to keep a number, for example, because of epilepsy, or because of maybe Parkinson's or some kind, like unless you're trying to keep a specific number because you have a medical issue that you're really trying to to keep your ketones at a certain amount, it's unnecessary, right? The thing that we know and what you should be measuring is how many carbs you're eating, Mm -hmm. right? If you keep that number low, chances are you're in ketosis. So an app on your phone is probably as reliable if you if you track everything you eat like you in an app everything, yeah. if you track everything and and like you're going to have a good carbs, idea yeah you're going to yeah. have a good idea yeah you're going to have a good idea because you're going to see that you're under 20 and if you really want to be sure the further under 20 you are the more chance you are that mm-hmm. you're in yeah. in ketosis so but you know if and you've got the money to spend and you like to get the numbers that's fine mm-hmm. too but like Cindy's saying like can we get a little obsessed with those numbers mm-hmm. i i for sure know i probably could have 
and uh, for the newcomers to the the keto uh, world, how long does it take? Like when you start, how long does it take to be in full ketosis after like how many days of being I under say, 20 or 20 or under? I would say for most people within a week, within you're going to be yeah. there within a week. If, like if you really do 20 or less Actually, for when seven days. Actually, keto flu pass. <laughs> But basically, yeah, basically, basically when your keto, keto flu, flu passes, pass. which usually if I remember, mm. like for myself, it was by the fourth Like, going into the fifth day, my keto flu was gone. So, it was that two days. So, I had two okay days, two horrible days, and then I was fine. Mm. So, probably around there, I was starting to be in ketosis. And for most people, it's, yeah, it's somewhere around the next few days after that, if, if not that day, right? So, and most people seem to be, like, day three, day, day three or four that they start getting that keto mm. flu-ish type of thing. If you don't end up getting keto flu, because some people don't. Mm -hmm. Um, I would probably say, like, within a week, you're probably, if you're eating 20 grams or less. The, the, the reason that some people don't find themselves being in ketosis after a week, from my observations, mm -hmm. is because they're not measuring their food. Yeah. And they think they're eating 20 grams or less, but when you actually, like, pull up the yeah. scale, weigh the food, and actually yeah, do the calculations, important. they're not. And, and I would say, like, do that for a good, what, maybe a good six months? Like, yeah. Just, uh, like, Because I know it's going to be a bit more work, but, like, especially at the beginning, like, you need to get back to be to be used to the, the, the serving size, uh, how many, how much is 125 grams of something. Uh, you, you need to, to, to kind of relearn, like, to, uh, to, to get a better, better understanding of, like, what's the serving of, of what food. Yeah. So, so a good six months, and, and after that you can go. Like I don't measure my food anymore. Like I, we go uh, in, intuitively. Much, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Servings, servings are, and but, like we know what we eat. We have our. And the reason I so. say six months, I actually did it for a year. But the reason I say six months to a year is because that's a year's worth of time is really enough time. So six months to a year, whatever, you start to know how much to put on the plate, hmm. right? And like, I, I did find for myself that because because I was doing some experimenting with vegetables and this is but this is my story now because when I started keto I didn't eat a lot of different vegetables so I was trying different things so through that year there were so many different vegetables that I was trying I always had to be measuring because I really wasn't sure how much yeah. of what I could have of what and right so and I still say that even today there's sometimes where I'm going to go eat something and I will measure it because I can't remember like how much of that am I allowed to have so I'll measure it just mm -hmm. to be sure because I do eat one meal a day so like that serving is going to be my, my carbs for the day so I often will, mm -hmm. will just verify again with myself quickly and and the other thing that I will say I religiously measure is any snacks so, so if I have a nuts at the end of my meal or if I have some cheese with my meal those things I measure because it's so easy to put 45 grams when you think you're putting 30, 30 yeah. <laughs> like it's such a small amount yeah. and so it's so much density of, car mm -hmm. of carbs that those things I measure because it takes honestly it takes 30 seconds yeah. to measure some nuts you out. measure but you, do you, you don't track anymore you, you well, I, just, I know how much because yeah, I, you, I know you, how much I can have because I, yeah. I, I'm again I know what I'm allowed to eat but the, mm -hmm. if the meal the meal that I had I know how much carbs was in it so that I know how much nuts I can have yeah. if I decide to have nuts at the end of that meal or if I decide to have cheese with that meal like so I'll know like okay yeah. I'm having a salad I can have this much um, cheese but then I will say okay so that's how much cheese I'm having yeah. right and the thing when you do that for yourself like I said it's so easy to think you put 
30 grams and you put 40 or 60. Mm -hmm. it's, it's such yeah. a small difference when you're looking at it with your eyes, but when you weigh it, you see it for sure. Mm -hmm. Same thing with when we put our cream in our coffee, we still yeah. we still measure that too. I mean, yeah, like, we, like you just know, a, pour, a little pour like gets you to a quarter cup. Yeah, like, and super yeah, easy. super yeah. easy. Yeah, so like it's that yeah. like the cream in our coffee, we also mm -hmm. still measure either with a measuring thing or with a weight like we measure. So there's certain mm -hmm. things that we still measure and we're like more than a year in, mm -hmm. right? And getting close to, yeah, more, yeah. like getting close more. to a year and a half. And it's, it's because it just makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I have the ability to weigh it or measure it, I do. If I'm at Starbucks and I'm getting a coffee and they give me the cream, I'm not weighing it, obviously, right? I'm gonna pour, I'm gonna, if that day I go over, it's one day, I don't go to Starbucks every day, right? But like mm -hmm. if I'm at home and I can, whenever I can do it, I do it because it's just better for me. As I said in that previous video, I do mm -hmm. what's better for me. Yeah. Every time. Okay, let's go with a comment. Uh, okay, hello, Violet and Pat. Thanks for your input. You're welcome. Uh, I do believe that companies, oh, we were talking about like companies that are putting keto on their product, like mm. to sell like keto stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so if I may, educated as you and some others might be, and okay, I need the, the assurance from a ketone meter that we're in ketosis, like we just talked about that. Take me, for example, I have been very low carb eater, less than 15% daily. I, I want to get back on that for months, but still find that on some days I test and find my reading shows that I am not in ketosis. So instead of, an, of a say of a 16-8 fast, I have to do a 24-4 a 24 split, so 20 hours fast, four hours eating window. Um, to get in ketosis, the okay. So the key, the ketone meter helps us. So so this is a case where the ketone meters uh, helps that that person. But like I'm just like the 15 percent. Like seems to me that's uh, like over a 2,000 calorie diet. That's a little bit high in grams of uh, of carbs. So here's the thing. There's more than one way to get into ketosis. Mm -hmm. One way is to eat low carb. Another yeah. way is to. You know the answer to that? What's the Fast? other? One? exactly he's not getting into ketosis because of his way of eating he's pushing himself out of ketosis because of his way of eating mm -hmm. actually to get into ketosis yeah. what he should do is lower his 15 percent is obviously 50 too, much is too much that doesn't yeah. thing like i don't if, know what what that works but, out but like uh, two two thousand calories 10 percent is 20 so 20 40 like that's 50 grams of carbs so he might just be a little bit like too he's too high he's too high on the carbs yeah. so, so you really need to try to get closer to the 20 like but this in is that again case. like i think so 15 percent and even at that i'm not really sure we're like 5 percent you should aim at yeah that, that, that's five. what i'm just going to say i'm not even sure where 15 percent came from mm -hmm. usually when you do keto it's five percent so i'm not sure i mean i'm certain i did answer this question yeah. in writing but my point right now would be to say that when you are doing a ketogenic lifestyle um, I don't like dealing with percentages because there's okay. So there's a bunch of different reasons, oh, but yeah, I'm going to sure. give you I'm going to give you this one because this one to me is the most clear. I'm going to make supper tonight. Whatever I put on my plate, if I were to do the calorie count on it, and then take a percentage of that, I'm going to get a number. Hmm. And tomorrow I'm going to make a plate, and guess what? The calorie count is going to be different. And the next time I'm going to make a plate, and the calorie count is going to be different. And the next time I'm going to make a plate, and, and so what's happening there? Every time I'm doing my percentage, the number is going to be different. Hmm versus if i say 20 grams of carbs or less it doesn't matter what i'm making for dinner i take the amount of carbs that makes me 20 grams of carbs or less mm. and that's what you should be aiming at 20 grams of carbs or less and that's why calories are not important in that yeah. that situation because if you're not spiking your insulin you're not storing you're eliminating you're eliminating the the extra 
So we have a bunch of, uh, of YouTubers that, that did like... Uh, um, oh my God, 4,000 uh, <laughs> calorie meals, <laughs> yeah, 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 6,000 like, uh, calorie meals experiments for, on for months on end and they didn't gain weight yeah. because their, their carb intake was extremely low. It was extremely low. low so, yeah. I, I really feel like the thing that I try to make sure that people understand is that the, what makes keto work is taking your carb count low. It's not yeah. about raising fat. It's not about raising protein. Your protein actually should stay the same from mm -hmm. before your whatever diet you're doing before. So if you were eating the right amount of protein, mm -hmm. you should keep eating that right amount of protein. What makes keto work is 20 grams of carbs or less. So take with a grain of salt every reference, every article that will say you need a calorie deficit. If you do a calorie deficit, you're just going to starve yourself. Like even would, on keto, would, you can you can starve yourself. If you if you eat 1,200 calories, if like your body should work with with 2,000 then you're going to starve. It's the, not going to work. The other thing I'm going to point out, and I feel like, you know what, I'm saying this out loud because I want people to really change the way they think about sugar. So I'm going to say this out loud. If you think about sugar that 20 grams of carbs or less, so that's, based, that's what you're aiming at, right? It'd be the same thing as if the doctor says to me, Violet, you're allergic to peanuts. Don't eat them. Does it matter if I eat one peanut or a hundred peanuts? <laughs> Right? I'm going to have a reaction. Like, there's something about sugar that once you pass that threshold, we have the reaction of no longer being in ketosis. Mm. Right? And you have to look at it that way. It's, it's a maximum. Now, again, everybody's different. Yes, you have those people who can do 50 <laughs> grams of carbs and still be in ketosis. I understand that. That's not my point. My point is that when you think about peanuts, there are some people that... They can eat them, but if they smell them, they're fine. There's other people, if they smell them, they're having a reaction. What's the answer to that? Stay away from nuts, mm -hmm. right? So again, everybody's different, but at the end of the day, if something is harming you, it's harming you. And I want people to start thinking about this differently because you wouldn't say to somebody, oh, but it's just one peanut when you know they're allergic to nuts, right? Or you wouldn't like put your hands in the nuts and to the, mm -hmm. right? Like, you're gonna you're gonna kill this person, mm. right? You wouldn't do it. Why do I'm we do it with sugar? Hmm? Why do we do it with sugar? Mm. Right? But we do. Oh, it's just a little bit of sugar. Oh, it's just a bit of candy. Mm. Oh, it's just no. I know I have a reaction to that. Mm. Right? You know you have a reaction to that. So. Mm. Okay, let's go with a comment uh, about uh, our article on carb loading. We did an article we in our video on carb loading. Because we didn't like do, uh, we didn't agree with like carb loading. We didn't like uh, okay. find that it was uh, necessary healthy. healthy. Okay. So I was okay. So I'm wondering the same thing as you, Valet. Like the marathon. Okay, uh, how do the marathon runners access their stored fats once the glycogen stores are gone? Seems like carb loading should happen a few hours before a marathon instead of a day or two prior. So. Well, like there's still like sometimes like your system needs to process the food you you uh, you eat so so like a few like well we would say it depends but like probably at least like what, 10 12 maybe so here's the thing when you most people when they're talking about carb loading from what we figured out when mm. in that video was they're talking about a meal mm. that's high in carb yeah like the we need to make high, the distinction like pasta, between bread and stuff yeah. like Easily, easily accessible, easily uh, processed by your system. But we need to make the distinction between that, which is still food that your body mm -hmm. has to digest before it can get to those things, mm -hmm. and like drinking something that's a bit faster absorbed, or like those little pouches that they take on the runs that's a bit faster absorbed. 
But at the end of the day, it still has to pass through your system, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, that it's easier for that to pass because there's not much to it, right? Your body doesn't have as much to break down. So that's mm -hmm. part one. But the other thing I'll say is that part of the reason that we don't agree, so I don't need to agree with curve loading. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it. But mm -hmm. the thing that we try to point out that doesn't make sense is that your body works a certain way. And this, is, this again, goes back to we can't make food behave differently <laughs> because we want it to behave differently. Food functions a certain way. If I eat a meal, it has to pass through my system and get, so it has to pass out of my stomach into my intestines, through my intestines, and then out into my body. And that process takes about four hours. But then my body's going to take that and it's going to convert it to stuff and use it. So usually whatever energy we're using, yes, it did come from the day before. It just, it's just mm -hmm. the way it works, right? Your body is kind of always cycling stuff. I don't know that even if they even if they did carb load the day before, the problem is that when you deplete that 2,000 calories in that run, that food that you ate yesterday got stored. Mm -hmm. It still needs to get pulled out of storage. So yes, you can access your fat stores, first of all, like every mm -hmm. person can. Um, the only thing is that runners and other athletes who these they could long endurance have the risk of hitting the runner's wall, which means that their body needed to access but could not because they're not used to accessing it on a regular basis. There are a lot of runners that force themselves into that situation so their body gets used to doing it. Mm -hmm. But you still see them at the end of the race, they're, they look dizzy, they look disoriented because at the end of the day, there's so many carbs that they eat on a regular basis, that their body is not fat adapted. So mm -hmm. it's still pulling that fat out resistantly, right? Because it really wants you to go eat. That's what it's looking mm -hmm. for them to do. Go eat something, right? Um, but your body's also not going to kill itself, yeah. right? So it's going to pull some fat out. And it's the same situation. I had a fun, a fun discussion, discussion with my colleague a few weeks ago that like in his, in his mind, he had to have like uh, a big carby lunch before because he's a gym like he's a gym buff he likes to go to the gym like almost every day's week but like in his mind he couldn't go to the gym like on an empty stomach because in his mind he needed the energy from his meal just like an hour before going to the gym so so we need to <laughs> we need to break that idea that because there are two different systems so yeah there are two different systems and I, I obviously oh. he's not paying attention to the no, fact no, yeah. that the food first in your stomach all, I mean, is not generating energy like yeah this minute and even with that like that's mm. kind of that that's really some kind of interesting thinking because if i just ate it it's still in my stomach yeah so you kind of would wonder actually what i would say there is he's actually putting himself in a position where he's going to get less of a good workout mm -hmm. because when my body is processing food and mm -hmm. now i'm trying to divert and um energy to muscle building it's incompatible mm -hmm. again there's a lot of doctors talking about this is like you want to work out faster yeah, totally right like he's working out on food it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, he would have he probably would be so much more yeah. Yeah. what he wants to be if he was working out faster yeah totally because again your body's not going to leave mm -hmm. it sit there doesn't make any sense i don't know. okay yeah. those are some really interesting comments mm -hmm. i really like that you guys comment on my videos and gives us an opportunity yeah. to talk to you about things that you've said which is really cool totally. if you would like to be 
in the comments that we're going to do this. I think we're going to make this yeah, something that we questions. do more often. Yeah. So put your questions and ideas in the comment section. And obviously the ones that we find spark a good conversation we're going to, we will talk about. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for watching. I'm going to stop there. So <laughs> it's ridiculous that I can never remember to say that if you are new here, please consider subscribing. All My Wellness Warriors, I love that you're here. And she has a premium page And anyone who might want to contribute to the production of some of these videos, I have a Patreon account. It's Patreon slash Violet Rivera. You can go there. All the information's there. I want to thank you for watching Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet. Patch Chat Edition. See you next time. See you next time. <laughs>